Yeah. So what do we got for today then? You know, I man, and <laughs> I was been praying about it, and you know, like God, you know, what do you want to, you know, us to talk about? One thing was cool is like we prayed, and we should always pray before we start that, yeah. you know, Holy Spirit, that we ask you to guide us through this and whatever you would have us to say, you know, whatever we had to say to encourage one another and to anybody that might be listening. And when I always pray, God, if there, if there's something in my heart, something in my life that would hinder your Holy Spirit from from flowing and moving to us, then, God, I surrender it to you, and I ask you to take it. Because the last thing we want is to misrepresent you in this whole deal. And so that's, that's our prayer, God, that you help us to represent you well. Which takes me to a thought, you know, that I heard a preacher preaching recently, and, uh, and, I, and I think I said this in the recording we did, where he talked about, he goes, I thank you, God, for the privilege and the honor to bear the name Jesus. And I thought, wow, man, that's one that I don't, I don't think about very often that I should be thanking you for that, for that privilege and that honor, you know? And uh, so I've tried to do that more. Now, when I talk to him, I said, God, thank you. And it helped me to not misrepresent you, yeah. you know? And think about that when I, when I find myself not always completely wanting necessarily everyone I meet to to know that I'm a Christian not because I'm ashamed of the one I believe in because I, I I believe that if they really if they really understood that like you you can communicate that you can what what you have in you is worth sharing but when you say you're a Christian that's not what they're seeing and there's all this other stuff of these people who have taken the name of Jesus for a political cause. They've taken the name of Jesus for belonging to a group. And when you get thrown in that mix, you're like, this, this isn't... And Jesus was, you know, he starts to teach. Oh, he's a teacher. He's like the Pharisees. So the Pharisees come to check it out. And then... And he ain't nothing like him. <laughs> he sends them packing. You know, yeah. he, they they weren't able ever able to get the best of him. And he tells them, you know, if if you understood what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That was uh, Hosea six. Um, I or actually, this is a repeat for, <laughs> for poor poor Eric has to hear it twice. Hosea, that's a Mexican prophet. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> come let us return to the Lord he has torn us to pieces but he will heal us he has injured us but he will bind up our wounds after two days he will revive us on the third day he will restore us so he's talking about he's also talking about his future you, do you know what mercy is mercy is me being torn apart for you but they can't see this as, as they're in this conflict with him because he's not lining up with the political motives that they have but he, he says in, um, I think it was, well, of course it's going to happen when we're recording that. It, I don't have that verse. <laughs> you can't that, find uh, it right there. It's in Hosea. But go ahead and you had something. Uh, you guys, on the way over here, him and I were talking about that the whole thing's about being humble. It's about getting humble. All the way through the whole thing. What you just read right there. You know, we're torn, torn apart, man. But, you know, and he's saying, man, if you'll just turn around and come back to me. 
You know, if you get humble, I'll restore. I'm looking to restore. That's my heart is to restore. I, I love to forgive and I love to restore, man. But I can't do that when you ain't being humble. Mm-hmm. When you're being proud and arrogant, then you leave me no choice to but to oppose you. <laughs> He says, I draw near to the humble and I, and I oppose the proud, the arrogant, you know, those them that think they're so good, they don't need me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the book says, let the one who lacks wisdom, let him come to me and ask and believe in their heart for wisdom and I'll give it to him liberally. But yeah, I don't understand people read that. And they don't realize that the very beginning of the, that equation is let the one who lacks it. You have to recognize that you lack the wisdom. (laughs) And that requires you to get humble when you lack something. And you don't recognize you lack something, then you're a fool. You're an idiot because you ain't recognizing it. And you just keep functioning in that thing, you know, going the wrong direction when all you had to do is go, wow, you know what, man? I'm lacking. I got it wrong. I need to get humble over here. And if you think of when you become to follow Christ, if you you believe in your heart, that Jesus died on that cross for your sin and believe me in your heart that his father, how's it go? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus died in the, on that cross and believe in your heart that his father <coughs> raised him from the dead. If you, yeah. if you confess with your mouth, well, the only way you're going to confess with your mouth is if you get humble enough. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got, it, that requires getting humble. You know, yeah. you be, got to be willing to admit you was wrong. And that was, should be me on that cross and not you, sir. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I believe that your father raised him from the dead. Well, you know what I like in that equation right there? <laughs> the, uh, in that equation right there, he says, if you, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Well, then there's another passage in there somewhere, and I think Jesus said it, one, said it out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got humble and I confess that I'm wrong and I need your, your redemption... I need your salvation. Then all of a sudden, out of the abundance of my heart comes, and I believe your father raised him from the dead. And here I got humble over here, and now all of a sudden you're my hope over here. I like the viewpoint that, um, you know, God opposes the proud. But I like the viewpoint that it's it's not like God with his, with his thumb down on one, and okay, you're okay, but you're... I like... That viewpoint that he's he's there waiting for this moment. I I can't allow you in while you're proud, because if I let you in like that, uh-huh. you're never gonna change. You're never gonna yeah. figure it out. But that thief who was crucified by Jesus' side had nothing left to offer God. His life was was slipping away as he talked to Jesus. But he had that humility. Hey, we deserve it. This guy doesn't. A minute ago, he was cussing him and mocking him. (laughs) But all of a sudden, he was like, hey, that's a cool picture. This guy, man, we coming to the end of the ride. There ain't no way out from this, man. You understand? (laughs) And one guy gets humble in that moment, but the other guy doesn't. And they both got the same destination in front of them. Mm -hmm. And that forgiveness is right there. It's like, you know what? The only thing that matters is I see your heart right now. And I love that heart. Ah. And let's take that and let's get out of here together. Because you're going to be with me in heaven. And and it really struck me. I don't know if you heard, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. When um, Jesus had quoted a scripture in Isaiah and I was looking it up and it says, You have received from my hand double for all your sins. 
But on a hunch, I looked that word up, and that's the word, that's not the word receive, that's the word take. Like God took the man and placed him in the garden, or God took the rib from the man's side. Mm. That's the exact same word right there. Mm. You have taken from my hand double for all your sins. And God's sitting there, guys, yeah. you've taken enough, you know, get humble. Change your heart get because humble, I man, am get waiting. Humble. You've already paid more than double of the price that you have to pay. You don't have to go through life like this. You don't have mm. to keep suffering. My mercy is right here. And the, the Christians who have hardened their heart into this judgmental idea, uh, and, and the reason they're bitter is because they secretly admire the sin and are angry yeah. at the people who can get away with it, they don't even recognize what the reality of really the sin is killing you and that you can have that joy with God. But they don't have that joy with God, so they think they're having a good time yeah. and I'm not and God's going to get them for it and I'm going to be okay. And the they're missing it. You know? they, they're missing what they could have with God and they're missing what they could have on this world. You can at least enjoy whatever you get for a little bit and then die and then... Figure out where you go. From you there. learn to enjoy the time that you got right here. Yeah, I'll give you one. When when I was, you know, I'd only believe there was a God for five <coughs> months. When I was on my way to Alaska to work for Harley Davidson, I stopped off at my daughter's driveway the night of her tenth birthday party, visited and hung with her, and then I took her by her grandparents. And she was in doing whatever she was doing with her grandparents, and I was walking around outside. And when I walked by my old hippie van, I hear the voice, and the voice says, "Go in your van and read the Bible." I said, I can't do this, sir. I said, I'm the only one here who believes in you. They're going to think I'm nuts. And I walked around, and when I walked by the van again, I heard the voice again say, go in your van and read the Bible. And I thought, what the heck, they already think I'm nuts. And I went in there, and I picked that book up, and the thing fell open. I did not know what I was looking at. I now know I was reading Haggai number two. But I didn't know. I just, the book fell open. And I looked down on the page, and it said, all your sacrifices to me were tainted. Because you were living with a selfish, evil heart. And I rewarded all your labor with mildew and hail and rust. And every time you thought you was going to make ends meet, I was the one moving the ends and you still wouldn't turn and look at me. Even though he was bringing the mildew, the hail and the rust, every time he was moving the ends when I thought they was going to meet, it was not because he was wanting to crush me, but it was because he was wanting me to get humble and turn around and recognize that I'm making a mess of this thing all by myself over here. And everything that I did, he was receiving as a sacrifice. I said, sir, I said, I didn't even believe in you. When did I ever sacrifice to you? And the voice said, when you did it unto the least of these, you did it to me. I said, ooh, <laughs> you took that personal? You know, but, I, I, but my disbelief in him did not affect that he was receiving it as a tainted sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in this life, everything that you do, he's receiving it one way or the other. It's either a tainted sacrifice or it's a right sacrifice. And just like Cain and Abel, Abel's sacrifice received and Cain's was rejected. He loved Cain just as much as he loved Abel. Mm -hmm. And he told Cain, boy, look, don't you know that if you do right, <coughs> it'll all go well with you, son. You ever realize in that story that how the world did Cain and Abel know they were supposed to sacrifice a sheep, a blood sacrifice? Either their dad told them, Adam, or God told them. Well, if God told him, that means that Cain was in direct disobedience to God. Mm -hmm. He knew better, and he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. 
And in reality, it's the same thing. Look, if you're lost as a goose in the fog, or you're a, uh, someone trying to follow Jesus Christ, none of us do it perfectly. No. The last perfect guy they crucified. That's how I know none of us is perfect sitting right here, because yeah. ain't none of us on a cross. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But the last, but see that. So none of us. Are, but we, you, you still. It's still a sacrifice to him. But the, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Hey, I'm gonna give you the answer to the test. Choose life. But there are people out there. No matter what, look. Like I said in the last recording, I think I said, look. There, everybody's a child of God. Just some are lost children and some are found children. And God's out there going, look. If you lost, all you got to do is get humble, turn around, look at me. And I'll shine the light because I am the light. And I'll show you the way because I am the way. You see what I'm saying? But it's all about will you get humble? Yeah. Will you get humble? Will you admit that you need me? Even if you're following Jesus Christ, you come to the point in your life where you recognize you are, you are holy on a level that I can't even get to. And I ain't never going to make it if I ain't counting on you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even that objection of, you know, I've sinned so much of my life is a pride issue. That you can't believe in a God who's so powerful that he can wipe away wipe everything away. you've done yeah. in an instant. That, and that he would be looking at your life and being willing to overlook all of that sin. And being against all those things that you did because you thought you were doing, you were doing a good thing to be a good person. But treasuring those moments that you did what was right because it was right. And there aren't very many people in this world who haven't at least some point in their life made a choice because this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And in making that choice, so long as they weren't uh, completely misaligned in their judgment, they were aligning themselves with the will of God, just like Paul says. There are people who follow the law without having received the law. And God chooses those. That's a sacrifice for me. He credits that to them yeah. because he's desiring to bring this, this credit to them. That's my child who I love. And this is a defining moment in their life. They might not think anything about it, and they might think all of those other sins and all those other things define them, but I know who they are because this is a defining moment in their life. And when the time comes... If they humble themselves before me, I'm going to wipe all that other stuff away, and they're going to, I'm going to reveal to them who they are based on these choices that they've made and the story that I'm going to write connecting those dots for them. They're going to recognize they need me. <laughs> I desire mercy rather than I would rather give you mercy than to have you give all these sacrifices mm -hmm. to cover up because you done messed up so much. <laughs> I would rather just go like this and say, let me wipe it all away. Not me overlook it, but I'm going to wipe it all away. Because you got humble before me. Because you recognize you can't do it without me. That's the where it's at, man. Once you recognize you can't do it without me, now we can get somewhere. Mm -hmm.